The Alpha Sessions. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's Alpha Sessions. Today in the studio we have Julie Fox. Hello, thank welcome. you for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. I'm very excited about this one. Because um, <laughs> I just, when I was looking at all your music and all the social media, you've just done a lot. You've done a lot and you're doing a lot and it's all very interesting. So Aww. I've got a lot of <laughs> questions for you and I hope you're ready for that. Um, but first of all, for those who don't know you, where are you from? I am from Poland. And how did you find yourself in London? Um, so uh, when I graduated from drama school in Poland, I got to the point where I I didn't know what to do next. So um, because I, I was into acting then mm. and um, I was thinking about two places. So it was either Warsaw for me or London. And London was always in my head you know Harry Potter and <laughs> I don't know it's just it's just yeah. it was just always in my head and also my boyfriend's head and I was like well what do I have to lose Warsaw will be always there hopefully yeah, yeah. <laughs> it will be always there uh, <laughs> waiting for me um so yeah I that's how I decided to to move to London I um came to London to actually study songwriting mm. And uh, and then I stayed. Yeah. Where did you study? Are you still studying now? Uh, no, no, no. It was just a course. Um, so I was like, I studied uh, for five years, um, oh, wow. and and after this, I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do any more like <laughs> long term <laughs> studying. So I just wanted to to do uh, the course, and it was Point Blank School okay, in London. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And when you were in Poland. How do things begin for you in terms of music? Do you have have you always had a musical family, a whole background? Never. I don't <laughs> no, my my family isn't into music at all. Um so it was my brother actually mm -hmm. when I was ten years old, uh he brought a guitar home mm -hmm. and I was so fascinated. I was like, I don't know, there was just some something resonating with me. And I asked my brother to teach me something and uh because we were going to church every Sunday and we were really like like involved into uh, church activity and uh, he was playing um, in the church and he taught me some Christian song then mm. and I got it so quickly and um, then I knew that that's going to be my instrument and and I was um, just sitting every day by the computer and uh, looking for, for the songs that I like mm. and, and trying to learn the chords. And were you always a writer of original music, even though, you know, you don't, sometimes you're 10 years old and you think you don't count that as, yeah. but it all counts, it all counts. <laughs> were you always an original writer? Yeah, I started writing uh, songs quite early. Um, so I was in those rock bands mm. and um, yeah, the songs weren't really good, <laughs> but uh, they were like really difficult and because uh, English wasn't my first language and mm -hmm. I was always writing in English um, I was trying to make it really nice and flowery and mm. and um, grammatically correct <laughs> so yeah the songs were really weird and I don't think there uh, there was any sense in the song it was just a uh, some sentences <laughs> so I remember my first song and I went to my English teacher yeah. and she saw it and she was like 
wow <laughs> because it was yeah it was just you know you're trying to be different and like be really like poetic and and that's why she was like wow this is this is excellent so she um um she worked on it a little bit so it was grammatically correct and um yeah i was always actually writing um original songs and and i was never into cover songs um until i started busking in London so yeah and it's interesting that you wrote in English early on because I know a lot of countries do learn English from really early age but do you think that comes from your influence did you listen to a lot of English speaking music or American or English yeah, artists I, I was actually listening to um, Nirvana mm-hmm. Alice in Chains um, Pearl Jam um, what else um red hot chili peppers so these are were my influences but also i have to say <laughs> you know we have this disco music in poland yeah. <laughs> and that that was my influence for a very long time in my childhood because it was it was everywhere on tv so mm. it was difficult not to have it as an influence but i i also had a good influence in my life and um Yeah, it was um it was interesting because I remember <laughs> on Sundays we uh were having breakfast and on TV we had uh this music channel which probably doesn't exist anymore and um it was a mix of some disco polish music and prodigy so really <laughs> really two different sides um so uh, going back to your question um Yeah, it may be. It may be uh that I was influenced more by um by English uh and American music. Mm. Um Yeah, I don't I don't think I was listening to um a lot of Polish songs back then. Um but I think it was because that, uh, there was no good influence for me. Mm. It was either disco. <laughs> We call That's it disco polo. <laughs> <laughs> so it was either this or some some uh foreign yeah. bands, yeah. But isn't that kind of listening to you that kind of makes sense? Because there's a lot of there's not a distinct like ah oh, this is what she listens to. And whereas a lot of people come from listening to kind of English pop music and they have that you can really hear it. But in your music it's very it's unique. It's very unique. Yeah, I I think it's because I never try to sound like someone mm. else. So I w- whenever I try to look for inspiration, I very rarely go to I don't know YouTube to listen to some artists. Um because that's not my goal to sound like someone else mm. and I feel like whatever I create, I let it be mm. the way it is rather being like uh maybe i should change this part to make it sound more pop or like make it sound mm-hmm. more like someone else uh, an, an example so when i when i started working on my ep with uh with james um our first session he he was really well well prepared <laughs> he he prepared five tracks Um so before the session he asked me what type of music I'm into so I sent him a few references and he had five tracks ready and they were all amazing but they all sounded like someone else and um at some point James said you know what just use my keyboards try something and that's how we wrote our first song together so my goal is to write what i feel rather than mm. than um inspire myself with 
sounds of of other artists. Yeah. You mentioned somebody called James. Yes. Is that so? He's producer. Yes, he work he, with. He, he's also an um, a folktronica artist. Oh. Uh, so he used to have a really great career. He was playing uh, big festivals and selling a, a lot of uh, a lot of albums. Um, and now he's more into um, production, uh, but he still releases his uh, his own music. Um, yeah. So we met through uh, a publishing company, mm. um, and uh, they sent me to him. For for my first songwriting session, and it, it was my first songwriting mm-hmm. session, and I was I was so terrified <laughs> because I couldn't really imagine being in one room with a, with a stranger mm-hmm. and go through very intimate for mm-hmm. me process. But yeah, it turned out to to be quite easy if you find the right person, and mm-hmm. he was the right person. And um, I also loved that he. He wanted to finish the song on the day. So we, we met at 10 a.m., which mm. was also crazy for me, <laughs> uh, super early. Um, and I think we worked till like 3 or 4 p.m. And we had the whole song finished then. Yeah. It wasn't like the, the like the, the final state, yeah. but we had everything we needed. So I also loved that part that he didn't let me to give mm. up at some point and be like, Okay, uh, we're gonna finish it next time. We just finished the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's good to have that structure, isn't it? When you're on your own, because some people are really good at just pushing themselves, having routines and stuff. Yeah. But um, for Not you, me. no, that's what was <laughs> going to be my next question. Yeah. When you write on your own, did you find that it was more? Did you have a lot of half-written songs, and you never went back to them, or do you like to? Well, I don't. I don't have many, but I do have some, and I. I try to finish the songs but I uh, found out that the songs that you write in one take they're the best ones yeah. and if you try to finish something uh, it, it's a it's a hard work and sometimes you get stuck and you feel like it's forced mm. so sometimes if I feel that the song doesn't have a huge potential I'm like okay just let it go mm-hmm. uh, but if I feel like it has potential I always I always finish it at some point but um, yeah usually it doesn't happen very often uh, usually I write the whole thing mm-hmm. and um, even if it's not like it's not finished production wise I do have structure I have mm-hmm. verses choruses and, and then I can change something later if I feel like it, yeah. Was that the case with Fever, would you say? Do you remember, how do you remember writing that one? That's the first one you played for us today. Yeah, how... Um, okay, that, that's a funny story because I was uh, about to play um, my first big festival in Poland mm. and I needed some more songs. <laughs> I was like, I don't have material <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> so I was actually pushing myself to write. And uh, with Fever, yeah, it was easy, easy peasy. I, I just sat down and I had this story in my head. It's not my story. I didn't mm-hmm. kill anybody. And <laughs> yeah, I don't chase guys. So um, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was just, I sat down I I played some keyboard and I wrote lyrics. Yeah, so this was quite um, easy and and fast process. Do you do that quite often? Then you make up a story, or is it always personal? Do you like to make little stories? Actually, um, before my EP, it it always had to be personal. Mm. So it always had to be from my heart. <laughs> uh, but with this EP, 
I don't know, the story started coming to me. And um, I feel like not everyone knows that I have this funny side of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into uh, comedy. And I I like those uh, dry jokes. And I just feel like with these songs that I put on my EP, especially Fever and ni- 1985. <laughs> Look like nobody else Your deep blue eyes On my skinny neck I was yours in seconds You could have whatever You give me fever You give me fever You give me fever like nobody else You give me fever You give me fever, you give me fever like nobody else sessions i think this whole ep and what's the title of the ep love is a blessing i think the whole thing is 
very polished like it looks like it's like a whole package and there's nothing in it that I felt was missing which Aww. is really and <laughs> you mentioned stylus and I really want to talk to you about stylus because okay. it's something that I think is very difficult to get hold of unless you know the right people you can find the people you trust because um, that really contributed to the whole EP I think was the way yeah. it looks everything is so like fluent I don't know everything looks like it matches very well yeah I think I think I had really um clear idea mm. of what I want so I knew exactly what I want and it was just a matter of finding people that are able to do this type mm. of hairstyle obviously we had uh, let's say the the picture that I have on my um, on my uh, EP on the cover um, so the hairstyle we came up with this on the day but I knew that I knew what I want. Mm. So I think that was a um, um, huge help that I wasn't just blindly trying to do something. Mm. I knew exactly what I want for for everything that I was um, including on this EP. Yeah, I think that's actually a rare thing. A lot of <laughs> artists, including myself, constantly kind of they have the idea and then they can get 50 percent of the way there. And then the details are sort of like you're just trying to feel your way. Yeah. So to have that clarity of vision and that's what's expensive because then you need yeah. to find people that will do it you know. exactly how you want it. so i feel like uh, also with the with the whole cover and mm. and the uh, design of ep i did it all myself my boyfriend was helping me with technical mm. things and where to move the captions <laughs> a bit to right or left but um i did it myself and I think it's good to try to learn many things if you're a musician, mm. especially if you're not signed to any label, because that's going to save you a lot of money. Mm. And then you have uh, a lot of control over what you're doing. But I'm not saying there's anything wrong in, you know, just letting other people to decide because you you don't have to. Like, if you don't feel like it, you don't have to decide. But if you have a clear vision, sometimes it's better to, to learn things yourself yeah mm. but you kind of so you came up with all these ideas by yourself and you had help from friends but is there anyone else in your musical career that like a team do you have a, a manager or is that something you're working towards um well i i work with a few people but i don't have anybody that sticks with me mm. um so i don't have anybody that works for me for free yeah. <laughs> let's be honest um yeah so i obviously uh with uh, all PR and 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 promotion. Um, I I need people to to help me with mm. that because y you won't be able to to reach some places yourself. Um, but no, actually no. I I didn't have anybody that was um, my my coach through the journey. <laughs> but I have to say, my boyfriend was a really good coach. So um, even though he's not in music business he was always with all my ups and downs he was always taking me up again um so yeah i i have him and uh, that's a, that's my blessing mm -hmm. uh but i didn't have anybody who was actually calling me hey start working so it's a difficult process mm -hmm. uh, and I, I i think you know that yeah. <laughs> it's difficult you have to uh organize your days you have to organize mm -hmm. your uh sh your shots your your um your schedule mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of hard work and it, it's uh, it's a full-time job and it's not always easy to do all of that write music and 
also be your own um um yeah like life coach, life coach yeah. yeah exactly but how do you how different do you think that ep would have been if you did have if you were signed for example like is that something you're interested in do you <sighs> think it would have affected it or do you think well, it's always going to be that way. I am interested, definitely, because I feel like at some point you're not able to do all of that mm -hmm. and be regular. It costs a mm -hmm. lot of money, definitely. So I think that's that's the that's the main thing. You can, if you're assigned, you can then focus mm -hmm. more on the music and on your ideas and then there are people that do the rest mm. for you so I, I find it really um, useful and it gives you freedom and a peace of mind I mm. would say but then on the other hand it depends like if you're their, their main artist they will take care of you all the time but it may happen that you have your album ready and then they will be like, yeah, we need some more time. And they, they will be um, holding you back. So, mm. yeah, I think there's two sides <laughs> to this story. And um, I'm not really sure if the EP would be different. Probably it would be because I had um, a conversation with, uh, with one label. And they said, oh, bring me and fever. They're uh, bangers. But we would change the structure a little bit and make them more pop. <laughs> and that's what I, that mm. this made me like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I may be a difficult um, person to be actually signed. If, if they want someone they can direct, mm. I may be a difficult person because I like to have control over a lot of things. Even my boyfriend, he gets annoyed with me because, <laughs> you know, like I, I know what I want for the video. And I'm like, I, know, I, I have a script, I know. And of course I'm open to ideas, yeah. but I just know what I want. So I feel like if someone, that may be a good thing, but for some labels, it may be also a bad mm -hmm. thing. So I guess it's, um, yeah, it's it depends who, well, like who you are assigned to. Um, yeah. Yeah, there are definitely labels out there, maybe more independent ones that haven't got yeah. quite a, a frontal sort of audience. They haven't yeah. got a big audience, but they would give you more control. Yeah, I, I think, and I think that's better for them because that you just bring uh, like a ready mm. project. Yeah, they, they just need to take care of technical aspects mm. usually and give you money <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but you do seem like you've kind of got everything a good balance at the moment um, I don't know how it feels but from the outside like you're on Patreon and which is another yes. thing I'm interested in because that's like changing it from just this creative life to a business and that's something that a lot of people struggle with I think is the taking bridging the gap between it being a business and just treating it as like your your heart and soul so how is it on Patreon well, it's, um, why did I even start Patreon? Yeah, okay. It was uh, in 2020, so when all the gigs were cancelled yeah. and I was terrified in March. I was like, oh, what am I going to eat <laughs> now? <laughs> so I was yeah. trying to find quick ways um, of how to actually make any money then. And that's how I started. And uh, it's, a, it's a really nice um, place to be. Uh, especially with me as a busker, because that puts me in front of a lot of people from different countries. And there's a lot of people that actually want to support you because 
they saw you mm-hmm. and there's this um this relationship that you 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 build because you 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 saw someone it's it's different to mm-hmm. you know seeing someone online and then seeing someone live and then seeing how they progress in mm-hmm. life so i don't have that many uh, people there but um but I really like the space and it also keeps me organized and it keeps me motivated mm-hmm. because I know I need to deliver content. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Because yeah. it's not just I always think about it. It's just a, an extra thing that you're doing or like it's your daily life, but you're showing it to people. But it is you have to keep up with it. It's like, yeah, you need to because then people will be leaving. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that scares me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable. And but at, at the same time, I feel like, you know, it if they didn't want to support you, they wouldn't like, well, you don't have to feel guilty that you just give them opportunity. If they want to, they do that. Like you don't force anybody. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously the, there will be people saying like, oh, go to work, like find a job. Why are you even doing this? Like stop begging for money. But you don't force these people. It's not like, oh, guys, I'm starving. Give me some money. <laughs> it's like you, you offer something if they want to support you. And I, I personally support other artists on mm-hmm. Patreon. So I don't. I find it um, really uh, interesting from the point of view of a fan uh, because you get to see things before the official release mm-hmm. and you see the things that never are going to be released so it's yeah it's really interesting it's nice like another way of just connecting with community yeah definitely I and that's yeah. i think it's definitely become popular after being in a lockdown scenario yeah, and yeah. everybody's trying to connect online again um but in terms of live music instead of being online all the time now we can get back out there um i want to talk about your busking okay i didn't know that you were a busker before this so where how did that begin was it in london or did you busk in poland so i did um bask in Poland mm-hmm. it was the last summer time before uh, before I moved to London um it was uh, because I I wasn't able so I uh, previously I worked um at the theater and it, it wasn't a season anymore um so I also knew that I'm leaving in September so I was like what do I do <laughs> and I took my guitar and even though I was a little bit uncomfortable because some people knew me in the city already and it was like kind of like I then I felt like I'm downgrading myself <laughs> like I know it's cruel what I'm saying but that's how I felt then and uh, also I feel like in Poland people no offense but they can be really judgmental <laughs> and um, yeah. I felt a little bit insecure but I went st- uh, I was I was playing uh, I was basking in my almost hometown, mm-hmm. and uh, it was going really well actually. And and then I moved to London. I already had this small amplifier that I bought for the streets of Poland, mm-hmm. and uh, I took it with me because I had only two hundred pounds in my pocket, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if that's a lot how how long can I live on it for and I was like okay I always have my guitar and um, I can go on the streets and my first busking um, slots were really bad because I didn't know where to go so I was like randomly standing in some (laughs) places and like I remember my first one I made five pounds Uh, but then it got better and better and I feel like it was also my 
um, my energy because my first one I was so scared and I was so uncomfortable and I was just like this on the street <laughs> with my head down um, so yeah it was definitely difficult to attract <laughs> people it's really revealing isn't it <laughs> it's, it's like, like yeah. you see hundreds of people and it feels so impersonal but at the same time you can't yeah. you get that feeling you know people are listening Yeah. Um, but do you do covers when you busk or do you yeah do mostly covers so I, I play a few of my original songs but mostly mm. covers and uh, yeah that's what makes you money so that you mm. go busking like okay if you go busking to promote your material then that's a different story but if you go to make money you need to play covers which I, I don't mind I, I it, it made me learn guitar even more it, it made me learn singing even more mm. so yeah it was a good thing yeah for new songs that you've written say you wrote a song the night before you do to go busking do you then would you ever just like try it out if you were if you've just written something and you wanted to yeah see yeah people like it if I, if it's not an organized gig where, <laughs> where they pay me yeah um then yes of course i always test my songs and um usually the first plays are really bad <laughs> but well, maybe to you maybe other people yeah. would hear it straight away love it yeah. um the second song you played for us was not one you've released lovable. unlovable yeah and that was something you've written recently or was that something you've been sitting on and yeah uh it's uh when did i write it a few months ago and um it's actually a song um that was um inspired by not only my life but i i, I work with young people mm. and um I was inspired by what I saw and the song tells a story of a person that was neglected uh, by uh, parents in childhood mm. or by the loved ones. Um, and yeah, it's quite a sad one, um, but it's going to be upbeat. Uh, that's what I do with my music. So I put really sad lyrics <laughs> and then I add this upbeat disco layer to it um, so I, I cry on the dance floor <laughs> kind <laughs> of Standing on my 
love to get your love. The sun is down, it's too dark to see. Oh, if I had a chance, if you stayed with me, all I ever needed was you loving me. My words are bleeding, they won't stop bleeding. I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable. So unlovable, I'm begging for your love now. I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm begging, begging. I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm begging for your love now. I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm so unlovable, I'm begging, begging. The Alpha Sessions. And that's actually the song, um, you know, Eurovision Contest. Oh, yeah. So oh, recently, Polish people are crazy about Eurovision. <laughs> like yeah. whenever they see a new artist, they're like, you should try Eurovision. <laughs> Go. And I had a few messages. And then even one day I woke up and my friend sent me this list um, of uh, people that I don't know where they take it from. But I was on the list of people interested uh, of applying <laughs> to Eurovision <laughs> competition. I was like, what? <laughs> Where? How? But um, I was like, well, maybe it's a sign from the yeah. universe. And I think that I'm thinking now to, to work on that song and send it uh, to, to Polish Eurovision um, um, con competition where they select the person that goes um, to play live. Um, yeah, so... That's That'd what I'm going to do. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. Because it's different. I think everywhere you go in Europe, it's a little bit different. The way people think of Eurovision. Yeah. I'm not sure what it's like in uh, England. I think it's like half, it's like Marmite in England, isn't it? Okay. It can be a bit. Oh, okay. It can be like, yeah, Eurovision, and let's have a Eurovision party. And other parts are a bit like, they don't want to hear anything. I think that's the same. It. I think that's the same in Poland. Oh. But for some reason, people just get, it's like, if you go to Eurovision, that's going to, um, that's gonna um, like change. Your yeah, yeah. Like that's gonna change your career forever. Change the way people yeah. think about yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think it's the same with talent shows like X Factor or yeah. The Voice. If you if you're known for that, then you can kind of never shake it off. But people do like some of it's such a good platform to jump. Yeah. Up no, I mean, I mean, I think at, there's at some point in your life you need to. Um, you need to figure out um, uh, this and understand that if you feel like doing something, just go and do it mm. because you can't you can't overthink things and be like, yeah, but it's a little bit cringe. Yeah, for some people it is, but if you feel like it, just go and do it. Like you 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 can, well, it 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 can go both ways. It can like you can get nothing from it, mm. but you can get something that may help with mm. your career yeah it depends how you use it yeah in the end, yeah, definitely. yeah that's right actually yeah. i think people do think too much about what everybody else yeah thinks about them even though that is an important part because yeah. they're the people that are sort of your audience um but yeah even if you did eurovision you've got your own career already that if people found out about you through that they look at the rest of your career yeah i don't think um, there's like yeah i, I feel so like much. yeah i feel like you know like people will be always saying things and they'll be like yeah don't do that no that's not 
that's not good. <laughs> you shouldn't. But if you feel it, just do it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, I get that vibe with you this whole time. It's just been like, <laughs> yeah, just do it, you know. Um, and that's why I feel like you do a lot. You get so much going on. And something I've just remembered is that you had like an electro pop trio or like a band. Something yeah, called Chili. Yes. Yes. Um, how, what is that? Where did that come from? So um, I actually, I was playing in a band when I was in Poland and that's how we uh, we moved as a band mm. to London. And then it kind of like, I met new people and those people that were in the band originally, they, they went back to Poland. So um, yeah, that's how it started. And I was like always a, a person that wanted to be in in a band so there was no Julie Fox back then and it was just just my band but at some point I, I understood that um, it's difficult to be in the band and especially if you're a leader and you have to do everything yourself so it's like having a solo project mm. but carrying four people <laughs> on your back and then you like you think okay it's it's so much work and sometimes when the opportunities come you you want to do it but then they will be like no I have mm. something that day mm -hmm. I can't and you're like oh but I want to do it so I I still I'm still in a band but I took my solo project more seriously mm -hmm. and uh, I feel like this is where I can actually decide and whenever something comes up and if I feel like it's the right thing for me to do I will postpone everything else and I'll do it because uh I want to and I don't have to rely on other people yeah but you still play with musicians um, when you're live I suppose because you did um, a launch party at the waiting room right? yeah so I I play um, it depends on the situation when I play in Poland I play solo mm -hmm. I have all those electronic equipment with me I have guitar and um, well I don't feel like I need someone on the stage, but it's good to have someone like it's it's a different vibe. So mm -hmm. in London, it's easier for me because that's where I live now. And in Poland, it will be just uh, I feel like it would be just a waste of money and time uh, to find someone and rehearse and you need to find someone you resonate with. So uh, in London, uh, I have this opportunity to actually work with people and this is where I live. So mm -hmm. I, I don't have to go to another country to rehearse. Um, so yeah, th th I played my my uh, album launch concert with a drummer and it was amazing. And I feel like it gave this cool extra energy mm -hmm. on the stage. And yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's, to it's a totally different vibe. But at the same time, as a musician, you need to decide when is it worth it mm. to actually invest into extra musician because it's a different story when you're a solo musician, solo singer, and you need a musician mm. to play with you. Then you have to pay them and you have to, you know, take care of them as someone you hired. And when you have a band, it's a different story mm. because these people, they just play with you. Whatever happens, if you get 50 quid, you divide it mm. <laughs> into five people. <laughs> yeah, yeah? So, yeah. yeah. So this is where you are now. Uh, what is coming up in the next year? Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apart from Eurovision. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, well, I do have a few songs already mm -hmm. uh, that I want to release. Um, there's one Polish song that mm -hmm. I wrote recently and uh, I don't think 
it's gonna be out this year because it's more of a summer vibe mm-hmm. so I feel like maybe it would be a waste to to put it out in winter time <laughs> but you never know maybe people would be like oh thank you for bringing this summer time um, but I yeah I have a few songs so for now I'm gonna focus on releasing singles and uh, yeah just still celebrating my EP release mm-hmm. and uh, maybe in the future I'm gonna um, make another album a long play mm-hmm. but I feel like I need people uh, so either a label or some management mm-hmm. that would help me because it was so much work with this one and I uh, I don't remember it now I it just it's <laughs> all gone but the struggle was real and I cried <laughs> a lot of times and even like designing my cover I cried so many times even like calling the uh, printing company because they the words they use like a regular person won't understand and you know you ha- you think you finished and you're like yes and then you call and they give you those terms and you're like what is what this is i this? just want to, i just want a dg pack please <laughs> so yeah it, it's a very difficult uh, process and i'm really proud of myself mm-hmm. that i've done it but at the same time it's good to have people that you can work with yeah. and that will yeah back you up yeah absolutely I feel like you've made so much progress between each song because you were saying earlier you just keep releasing and just keep doing what you feel you need to do yeah um, and the third song you played is an older one yes that was it called Don't Be, Don't Be Shy. Shy Don't Be Shy um, from years ago a couple of years ago now yeah it was 2020 it was actually the first one that we wrote with James um, okay. yeah I like the artwork for this one it's a, <laughs> it a good artwork um, for all the artworks I just yeah I feel like there's a lot of work that goes into everything um, and I really like this one again but they all work really well acoustically and yeah it's all just brilliant so Aww. it's <laughs> been brilliant you. having you here oh, and we've enjoyed every second I enjoyed and it as well thank you for coming in if everyone wants to find you on social media or anywhere else what should they search everywhere it's Julie Fox so yeah that's really consistent anywhere you go you type Julie Fox with O between J and U and and you find me yeah thank you very much Julie Fox thank you I feel itchy under my skin taking deep breaths are out and in the Pressure's growing, growing, the pressure's growing. Pulse is racing, my heart stays still. I can hardly move. What do you feel? My mind is blowing, blowing, my mind is blowing. Oh, I wish the rain was coming to wash this out. I'm waiting for a thumb. I'm paralyzed Where is this going? Where is this going? Where is this going? Shake, shake, shake Your body like that Move, move, move Move, move like a star Come on, you've got it You've got it Come on, you've got it Oh, don't be shy The sun is slowly Melting my skin Trying my best just to breathe in I think I'm going, I might be going, I might be going The world has stopped or it's maybe just me 